Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Bible. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By God's grace, we have done 23 books of the Bible. And this week, we hope to complete our 24th book, which is the book of Jeremiah that we are studying right now. If you've not been able to listen to the podcast with Dan straight from the book of Genesis, you can find them on our app. That's Bible In-Depth Network. And uh, I believe that the Lord shall speak to you as you listen because this is the reason. There's no limitation to revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, he will speak to you. And there's no limitation about that. You just open your heart, study the word, and let him speak. Remember, his word is new every morning. You get a message today. You get another message the other day. From the same portion of scripture that read, it's because God speaks to you as per your situation at that given time with his word. So, let's study together. Let's learn together. We are handling the book of Jeremiah. And we've done 41 chapters. Today I want us to continue with chapter 42. At this point, remember where we closed off last time. At this point, the people of Judah are in trouble. Why? Gedaliah has been killed by Ishmael with an alliance with the king of Ammon. And uh, this happens after Gedaliah has been placed in charge of the land of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar after taking over from Zedekiah, who, by the way, also had been placed there by Nebuchadnezzar as more or less you'll call a puppet king who got tired of being a puppet and said, no, we want our independence. And that didn't make Nebuchadnezzar very happy. So they come and take over Zedekiah and Judah and they burn down the city, break down the wall, burn down the temple. And it's all down to square one. They are out. They've been taken captive. They are given a governor who is Gedaliah. And now they kill him. Yeah? And by this, they know they are in trouble. They know they are in deep trouble because they know Nebuchadnezzar is coming for them. So what do they decide? It starts in 42. They know the commander of the forces, Johanan, the son of Karea, Jezaniah and all the people, both small and great, approached and said to Jeremiah the prophet, remember for him, he's not taken into captivity. A word came from Nebuchadnezzar saying, let Jeremiah be free. He's a man of God. He's a prophet. Let him be free. Don't touch him. Let him have his liberty. He should not come to captivity. So he was released. Yeah. And uh, here they are coming to him and they're telling, please let our petition come before you. And pray for us to the Lord your God. That is for all this remnant, because we are left but a few out of many, as your own eyes now see us, that the Lord your God may tell us the way in which we should walk on the thing that we should do. Then Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I'm going to pray to the Lord your God in accordance with your words, and I'll tell you the whole message which the Lord will answer. You, I will not keep back a word from you. Then they say to Jeremiah, May the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us. 
if we do not act in accordance with the whole message with which the Lord your God will send to us. So they are saying, what you tell us is what we are going to do. What God says we do is what we are going to do. So please go and listen on our behalf. And they even went on and said, whether it is pleasant, all unpleasant, we will listen to the voice of the Lord our God to whom we are sending you so that it may go well with us when we listen to the voice of the Lord our God. So they are ready for whatever comes. Yeah. Now at the end of 10 days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Let's first pause there. At the end of 10 days, there is a moment of waiting for God to speak. And sometimes we ask God to talk to us and we need the answer immediately. We want God to speak to us about something and we need the answer immediately. We go to the leaders and tell them what is God saying and we need the answer immediately. These guys had to wait 10 days. Jeremiah had to wait 10 days for the Lord to speak. Sometimes you need to know how to wait on the Lord. You need to give the time that is due and let God speak. He does not take long. He does not delay. He will come at the right time. So the right time here is 10 days later. 10 days later is when he comes to speak to Jeremiah. That is the right time. So he, he, the scripture tells us after 10 days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Then he called for Johanan and all the commanders of the forces that were with him and all the people both great and small and say to them, okay, here, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel to whom you sent me to present your petition before him. If you will, he tells you now, indeed stay in this land, then I'll build you up and not tear you down, and I'll plant you and not uproot you, for I will relent concerning the calamity that I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you are now fearing. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. He goes on and says, I will also show you compassion so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your own soil. Now, that's the message. That's the message he's given them. And he goes on and says, but if you are going to say, we will not stay in this land, so as not to listen to the voice of the Lord your God, saying, no, but we will go to the land of Egypt. Because that was their plot. We are going to Egypt. Egypt will keep us safe. Yeah, we have alliances there. They'll keep us safe. So he says, if you're going there, where we will not see war, all hear the sound of a trumpet, all hunger for bread, and we will stay there. Then, in that case, listen to the word of the Lord. He's giving them both options. If you stay here, you're safe. If you go to Egypt or remnant of Judah, yeah, this is what he says. Thus says the Lord, if you really set your mind to enter Egypt and go in to reside there, then the sword which you are afraid of, uh, he tells them, will overtake you there in the land of Egypt, and the famine about which you are anxious will follow closely after you there in Egypt, and you will die there. Now, there are two options. These people, first of all, remember they said, whatever God says, we shall do. Whether it's good or bad. Now, the message comes 10 days later, 
And he's saying, stay here and I'll save you. Stay here and Nebuchadnezzar will not touch you. Yes, you are afraid that Gedaliah is dead, his governor that he appointed over you. But now you are afraid that he's going to come and kill you because of what has been done by Ishmael. But stay here. I will take care of you. And I will take away the calamity. I will restore you. Then he says, but if you say you will not stay here and go to Egypt, which looks like a fortress right now, which looks like it has everything, it's the hub of goodness. If you decide to go to Egypt, trouble shall come to you. And he makes a point clear here, you will die there. You will die there. So they have a decision to make. They have a decision to make as the people of Judah, as the Israelites. They have to make a decision right now. So he goes ahead and lets them make their decision. You know, God does not force himself on you. He leaves you to take a decision. But whatever decision you take has a consequence. Whatever decision you make has a consequence. It's either good or bad. So, verse 17. So all the men who set their mind to go to Egypt to reside there will die by the sword, by famine and by pestilence, and they will have no survivors or refugees from the calamity that I'm going to bring on them. For thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, as my anger and wrath have been poured out on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so my wrath will be poured out on you when you enter Egypt and you become a curse, an object of horror, an imprecation and a reproach, and you will see this place no more. The Lord has spoken to you, O remnant of Judah, do not go into Egypt. You should clearly understand that today I have testified against you, for you have only deceived yourself For it is you who sent me to the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us to the Lord our God, and whatever God says we shall do. So I have told you today that you have not obeyed the Lord. Even in whatever he has sent me to tell you, you have not obeyed him. Therefore you should now clearly understand that you will die by the sword and by famine and by pestilence in the place where you wish to go and reside. Clearly, they've made up their mind they are going to Egypt. Egypt is where he brought them from in the beginning when he's forming a nation for himself. Egypt was a representation of captivity. It was a representation of torture, of slavery of the people of God. And he picked them from there, crossed the Red Sea, them, brought them to a land that flows with milk and honey. And now this is where they want to go back to. When God has saved you, When God has saved us, when God has crossed us over to a land that flows with milk and honey, a place of salvation, a place of joy, a place where God is our God and he's leading us. And we make a decision because of the troubles that we see, because of the fear that we might not succeed, or because of the fear that, and we say we pray, we have prayed so much, but we don't see results. We've done this, we've served God and don't see result, then we want to go back to Egypt. Because in Egypt there was bread. Because in Egypt there is security. That does not make God happy at any one point. If he saved you from Egypt, don't go back to Egypt. 
But the people of Judah are saying, from what we see, God will not help us. Let's go back to Egypt. And that does not make God happy. The repercussion of that is clear and is brought out by Jeremiah. You will die by the sword. You will die by famine. And you will die by pestilence. Chapter 43. But as soon as Jeremiah, whom the Lord their God had sent, had finished telling all the people the words of the Lord their God, that is all his words, Azariah the son of Hoshaniah and Johanan and all the arrogant men say to Jeremiah, you are telling a lie. These are the people who came to him and said, tell us what God is saying and we shall do it. Now they are coming and saying, you are telling us a lie. You know, sometimes if you what you're hearing is not what you wanted to hear. You know, we ask God questions and we ask him to speak to us. And when he gives us an answer, because it's not something that we really wanted, you know, Asking God with, uh, when we want something else, and then he speaks the other, and you say, no, that's a lie. That's what they tell Jeremiah. I'm saying, you are telling a lie. The Lord our God has not sent you to say, you are not to enter Egypt or to reside there. But Baruch, the son of Neriah, is inciting you against us to give us to death, all exile us to Babylon. Yeah, Saying, he wants us to go to Babylon. So Johanan and all the commanders and all the people did not obey the voice of the Lord to stay in the land of Judah. But Johanan and all the commanders took the entire remnant of Judah who had returned from all the nations to which they had been driven away in order to reside in the land of Judah. The men, the women, the children, the king's daughters, and every person that Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, had left with Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, Together with Jeremiah the prophet and Baruch Nereh, they entered the land of Egypt. For they did not obey the voice of the Lord and went in as far as Tafanes. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in Tafanes saying, Now, what has happened? They've got everybody from the land of Judah. People who had come back from their captivities wherever they were when they were running away from the war with Zedekiah and come back to Judah thinking they are going to make a life. They got every single person. Uh, remember, these are army people. They are commanders. They are generals. They say, if they say we are all going, then you are all going. And by the way, they also include Jeremiah in their delegation. They say, even you, Jeremiah, you're coming with us. They are doing something that was done at the beginning. Going back to a land of captivity. They've picked their bags and they're going into Egypt. So now they enter Egypt and they are in Tafanes. That's where they are dwelling. Now the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah while he's there. Because God speaks, there are no boundaries and borders for him to speak. Even if Jeremiah is in Egypt, he says, take some large stones in your hands and hide them in the mortar in the brick terrace, which is at the entrance of Pharaoh's palace in Tafanes, in the sight of some of the Jews, and said to them, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to send and get Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Here comes the word, my servant. He's called the servant of God. 
And I'm going to set his throne right over these stones that I have hidden. And he will spread his canopy over them. He will also come and strike the land of Egypt. Those who are meant for death will be given over to death. And those for captivity to captivity. And those for the sword to the sword. And I shall set fires on the temples of the gods of Egypt. And he will burn them and take them captive. So he will wrap himself with the land of Egypt as a shepherd wraps himself with his garment, and he will depart from there safely. He will also shatter the obelisks of Heliopolis, which is in the land of Egypt, and the temples of the gods of Egypt he will burn with fire. Now, this is the message. After they've run to Egypt, hoping that is their place of safety, their place of refuge, where they are going to have joy and peace, God says now, I am going to bring Nebuchadnezzar to Egypt and he's going to overthrow Egypt. Where you run for hope is going to be overthrown. When you run for hope in places God has not called you, those places are overthrown. The places that you think are your source of hope and they are not in God's plan, they come down and crumble and you perish with them. That's what's going to happen to the people of Judah they are going to perish with Egypt. The message was clear, stay in Judah and I'll save you. But now they've gone to Egypt and there it's going to be worse. And it doesn't stop there. But Egypt itself is also going to suffer how their gods will be burnt down, their temples will be brought down. Now that's the word that is coming to the people of Judah that have gone into Egypt. And of course, all this comes also in trouble for Egypt themselves. And chapter 44 tells us, Then the word of God came to Jeremiah for all the Jews living in the land of Egypt, those who are living in Migdol, Tafanes, Memphis, and the land of Pathros, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, You yourselves have seen all the calamity that I have brought on Jerusalem and all the cities of Judah. And behold this day, they are in ruins, and no one lives in them, because of their wickedness, which they have committed so as to provoke me to anger, and by continuing to burn sacrifices, and to serve other gods whom they had not known, neither they, you, nor their fathers. Yet I sent you, all my servants and prophets, again and again, saying, Do not do this abominable thing which I hate. He's saying, I sent you everybody to talk to you. But they did not listen, all inclined their ears to turn from their wickedness, so as to burn sacrifices to other gods. Therefore, my wrath and my anger were poured out and burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, so they have become a ruin and a desolation as it is this day. Your land has been ruined, he's telling them, and it's all on you, your disobedience. It's in ruin. It's all on you. Now then, thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, what, why are you doing great harm to yourselves? So as to cut off from you man and woman, child and infant, from among Judah, leaving yourselves without a remnant, provoking me to anger with the works of your hands, burning sacrifices to other gods in the land of Egypt, where you are entering to reside so that you might be cut off and become a curse and a reproach among all the 
nations of the earth. Have you forgotten the wickedness of your fathers, the wickedness of the kings of Judah, the wickedness of their wives, your own wickedness, and the wickedness of your wives, which they committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, have you forgotten? He's saying, guys, make a right decision this time. That's what he was telling them. But they have not become contrite even to this day, nor have they feared, nor walked in my law, nor my statutes, which I have set before you and before your eyes. Therefore, thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to set my face against you for woe, even to cut off all Judah. And I will take out the remnant of Judah, who have set their mind on entering the land of Egypt to reside there. And they will all meet their end in the land of Egypt. They will fall by the sword and meet their end by famine. Both small and great will die by the sword and famine. And they will become a curse, an object of horror, an imprecation and a reproach. And I will punish those who live in the land of Egypt, as I have punished Jerusalem with a sword, with famine and with pestilence. So there will be no refugees all survivors from the land for the la- for the remnant of Judah who have entered the land of Egypt to reside there and then to return to the land of Judah to which they are longing to live and return. None will return except a few refugees. Saying everybody is going to be in trouble. Only a few shall come out of Egypt because you've decided not to listen. Then all the men and women who were aware that their wives were burning sacrifices to other gods, along with all the women who were standing by as a large assembly, including all the people who were living in Pathros in the land of Egypt, responded to Jeremiah, saying, As for the message that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you. They go out again and say, We are not going to listen to what you are telling us. Isn't it interesting how we never accept what God is telling us? Isn't it interesting how we keep on doing wrong, yet God is giving us a clear message? How many times do we listen? How many times does God speak and we listen? Yeah, But rather we will certainly carry out every word that has been proceeded from our mouths. Here is what they say. We shall burn sacrifices to the queen of heaven. We shall pour out drink offerings to her, just as we ourselves, our forefathers, our kings and princes did in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food, and we were well off and saw no misfortune. But since we stopped burning sacrifices to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have met our end by the sword and by Famine, these women are saying the reason we are suffering is because we stopped serving our small gods. Imagine. And said the women, when we were burning sacrifices to the queen of heaven and we were pouring out drink offerings to her, was it without our husbands that we made for her sacrificial cakes in her image and poured out drink offerings to her? Now, these are God's people, people of Israel that are speaking they were now offering sacrifices to other gods. And that's what they are saying even here in Egypt. That's what we've been doing. Then Jeremiah said to all the people, men and women and all the people who were giving him such answers, saying, as for the smoking sacrifices that you burnt in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, you and your forefathers, 
your kings and your princes and the people of the land did not remember, did not the Lord remember them, and did not all this come into his mind. So the Lord was no longer able to endure it because of the evil of your deeds, because of the abominations which you committed. Thus your land has become a ruin, an object of horror and a curse, without an inhabitant as it is this day. Because you have burned sacrifices and sinned against the Lord, and not obeyed the Lord, or walked in his law, his statutes or his testimonies, therefore this calamity has befallen you, as it is this day. Then Jeremiah said to the people, including all the women, hear the word of the Lord, all Judah, who are in the land of Egypt. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, as for you and your wives, you have spoken with your mouths and fulfilled it with your hands, saying, we will certainly perform our vows that we have vowed to burn sacrifices to the Queen of Heaven and pour out drinks offerings to her. Go ahead and confirm your vows and certainly Perform your vows. Nevertheless, hear the word of the Lord. All Judah who are living in the land of Egypt, behold, I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord. Never shall my name be invoked again by the mouth of any man of Judah in the land of Egypt, saying, As the Lord God lives. Behold, I am watching over them for harm and not for good. And all the men of Judah who are in the land of Egypt will meet their end by the sword and by famine until they are completely gone. Judgment is coming to these people. It's a decision they've taken. And I wonder how you have a prophet who has been so accurate and has spoken to you and you've seen all the words he has said come to pass. And they've done that. They've seen that. Well, Jeremiah was still even in Judah. He spoke and things came to pass. He warned them. And they saw it come to pass. He warned the kings. They saw it come to pass. He warned the people. They saw it come to pass. And now he's speaking to them. And they come out and say, you are lying. They come out and say, no, we are going to still serve our small gods. Our queen of heaven, as they call her. We are not listening to you. We are listening to our queen. And they are set for destruction. So he tells them, those who escape the sword will return to the land, will return out of the land of Egypt to the land of Judah, few in number. Then all the remnant of Judah who have gone to the land of Egypt to reside there will know those, will know whose word will stand, mine or theirs. This will be the sign to you, declares the Lord, that I'm going to punish you in this place so that you may know that my words will surely stand against you for harm. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I'm going to give over Pharaoh, Hophra, king of Egypt, to the hands of his enemies and to the hand of those who seek his life, just like I gave over Zedekiah, king of Judah, to the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Egypt, who was his enemy and was seeking his life. He says, If you think Pharaoh is going to protect you, I'm handing him over and I'm giving him up. So if I give him up, it is the same thing with you. You are given up. When we fail to walk with God, when we fail to do the things God is telling us to do, and we opt for other solutions, going back to Egypt, going with company that does not profit, doing habits that do not match with what God desires from us, because we are seeking refuge and another good life. 
we expose ourselves to punishment. The people of Egypt, the people of Judah have gone into Egypt and it's in Egypt that they are going to meet their death, their suffering. And that is a decision they make. They refuse to listen to Jeremiah, a prophet called in their time. And he tells them that judgment is coming upon you. You will be destroyed by sword, by famine, by pestilence. Only a few of you, a few of you shall escape the sword and go back to the land of Judah. When we fail to listen to God, there is a consequence, there is judgment. And when it comes, it distracts your life. And he even tells them that those who pass by shall wonder what happened to a nation so great. He saved them from Egypt. In the beginning, he saved them from Egypt with Moses. But right now, he says he's going to kill them from Egypt. How the mighty have fallen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your direction. Lord, help us listen to your word. Help us do the things that you tell us to do in your word. Help us stand for your word. That all the days of our lives we shall represent you. May we never have hard hearts, but break them down to be able to listen to you. We exalt you, give you glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.